Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. We're in a brand new series called For the Win. For the Win. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. If you don't mind, everybody stand to honor the Word of God this morning. Just stand wherever you are. It says, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. And there was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. And he noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby raising their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water. Everybody say deep water. To cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we will go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish. So much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. And Jesus answered, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. And after pulling their boats ashore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that your word would be the thing that would guide us today. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, would pierce the hardest of hearts. God, I pray that your word would just encourage people today. I pray that your word would build these lives that are here today and my life today as well. In your name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Now, I want to start at the very beginning of this story. It says, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of the Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. When is the last time that you were pushing to get close to Jesus? When is the last time that you came in here pushing to get close to Jesus, to hear the word of God? You're like, I don't care what I've got to do. I've got to get close to Jesus. I've got to hear what Jesus has for me today. I've got to get to church because I believe that it's not just short white man up here preaching, but that God has something for me today. 
and I have to push to get close to Jesus. I've got to get up at 5 a.m. when I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. because my kids, they're going to get up at 6 a.m., but the only time that I can be with Jesus is at 5 a.m., so I've got to push to get close to Jesus. I love that the crowd in this story was pushing to get close to Jesus. He says, he noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge. Like, can I tell you something? That Jesus is always noticing for what and for who he can use to accomplish his task. See, this is the, the thing when we get into Scripture. Sometimes we miss things like this. Like, you're like, okay, he just noticed two fishing boats. No, he noticed two fishing boats that were owned by someone there in that vicinity. Do you see that? That he's like, no, these are not just two fishing boats. This is going to be a boat that is going to be used to accomplish my purpose in the world. To bring love into someone's life. To bring hope and encouragement into somebody's life. And so, Peter, are you ready for me to use what you think is yours? Woo! Are you ready for me to use what you think is yours? What do you have that Jesus is asking to use to accomplish his work? In your life. Think about that. What do you have? What is at your house? What is in your car? What is at your workplace? What do you have for Jesus to use to accomplish his work in the world today? This day, the scripture says that there was a boat and there were fishermen right there. And so he's looking for people, and he's looking for things, and he's going to look at you and go, hey, I want to use you, and I want to use your stuff. I want to use you, and I want to use your stuff to accomplish my purposes in the world. So will we say, here I am, send me? Here I am, send me? He says he noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. I love this. The fishermen were rinsing their nets. That means that they were done fishing for this day. But how many of us know that when we think we are done, that's when Jesus can come in to our done situation and bring a miracle that we would have never seen coming. Some of us, we're already like, we're done. Like, we're done for the day, Jesus. Like, I've already washed my nets. They're already right here. Like, we are fishing all night, Jesus. I'm done. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I know that you're just hanging out on the shore, rinsing your nets. But, but Jesus is getting ready to call you into something. Jesus, even when you think that you're done, he's getting ready to call you back in the game. He's getting ready to call you back in the boat. He's getting ready to give you something that you didn't even think that you needed and you didn't even know that you could have. He's getting ready to call you to a miracle that will change your life forever. So don't you just think that you're over there rinsing your nets and you're done because how many people know that that is when so many times somebody's like, I'm done in my faith. I'm just done with the church. I'm just done with God. And, and, and God's like, no, 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 no. I'm just getting started. You don't even see what's coming your way. So don't you quit. Don't you quit. That's for somebody in here. Do not quit. Don't you quit on your faith. Don't you quit on this church. Don't you quit coming. Don't you quit showing up. Don't you just sit on the sideline and be rinsing your nets because God wants to use you. He's got something coming for you. 
It says Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked, hey, let me use your boat. I think this is hilarious, the audacity of Jesus. <laughs> it's astonishing to me. He just climbs in the boat. It's like, oh, Jedi trick. Oh, let me use your boat, Peter. You know? Like, he's just like, just let me use it. But see, I love this. If, 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 because if Jesus is God, then he knows something that Peter doesn't. That boat already is his. Because he made it. Everything that you have, it's not yours. I've got three kids. They think everything is theirs. We have this new chair in our new house. And for some reason, the people that made it, we didn't know this when we bought it. but Because uh, I just said it in the store. And they must have been able to figure out something that I can't. Because it just continuously spins around and around and around and around. And my kids think it's a merry-go-round, right? And like, like all the time, I'm like, get out of dad's chair. That's not your chair. That's my chair. No, this my chair, dad. I, it's mine. No, it's not. It is mine, okay? I, you owe nothing. None of the food that is in this house is yours. Like, you owe nothing. Everything you have is a gift from your parents. So parents in here like, praise Jesus, this guy's preaching today. Come on. Come on, pastor. Tell my child that. Uh, hey, um, God wants to tell you that. Because you're holding on so tightly to your checkbook, and he's like, that's mine. I, you won't even give 10%? Like, all of it's mine. Hey, and, and, and just a side note, when, when you tithe, if you're just even giving 10%, that's not even really generosity because you're just giving back to him what he already is, is owed. So generosity doesn't start till we get to 11, 12, 13. But just start somewhere. Just start acknowledging that at the end of the day, like, hey, this is God's. I own nothing. I own nothing. Jesus was like, hey, this is already mine. But this is what I love about Jesus because Jesus is a gentleman. <laughs> he's like I know this boat's already mine Peter but he goes let me use your boat he asked so let me ask you a question are you going to let him use what is already his to accomplish good in the world are you going to let him use what is already his to accomplish good in the world and bring love to those that need it and bring hope to those that need it, and bring encouragement to those who need it. If he comes to you and he says, let me use your bank account, what are you going to do? You're going to let him use it? It's already mine. If he says, let me use your gift of music, you going to let him use it? Or just going to use it for yourself and to promote yourself and be like, oh, how awesome am I? Let me get this record deal. Let me get this record deal. Let my name be in lights, not yours. Let me get the glory, not you. You're you, going to let him use your schooling? You think you're going to school for a profession? You're going to school to be used by him and to bring glory into the world, into your workplace. Your workplace is not for you. Your workplace is to bring glory to a God that can use you in that workplace. You're going to let him use your house? There's some people that, that need community. Some of y'all got this big old nice house, or maybe you got this little tiny condo, or whatever it is that you got. Maybe you just got a dorm room, but that dorm room is really sweet and cool. You going to let people in it? You going to let people in your place? He goes, let me use your house. 
Are you going to let him use what he has already given you? And then he says, let me use your boat. And push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. This is funny to me. Because he's like, not only do I want to use your boat, and not only did we just meet Peter, but now I'm going to ask you to get wet. Uh, You're like, okay, Jesus, what else would you like, Princess Jesus, right here? Um, Now I'm going to ask you to get wet and push it off into the water, but this is why, so I can. So I can preach. So I can give people encouragement. So I can bring hope. So I can set you up for a miracle. He says, I know you're already dry. I know I'm already using your boat. I know I'm already inconveniencing you, but let me inconvenience you a little more. I know you've been on the shore and, and your clothes are completely dry, but let you need to get wet one more time so that I can do my work. Because how many people know that when we follow Jesus, there's going to be some inconvenience in it? If you think that you can just follow Jesus and there's no inconvenience, then you're not following Jesus. Because if you're truly following him, then he's going to come to you and go, hey, let me use your stuff. Let me do this so I can accomplish my purpose. And then this is what I need you to do. I need you to push me off into the water. What if Jesus is coming to you and he's going, hey, I want to use you. And you're like, okay, Jesus, here's my house. Hey, here's my boat. Um, but, But you're not willing to be inconvenienced to actually push Jesus into the water so he can preach. The, the water's cold. Like going and serving people, like, I, you know, I, I, don't, I just do Sundays. I, I don't do Wednesdays. I, you know, I, I, I just, like, it's just an inconvenience for me to get up and spend time with you. It's an inconvenience for me to get wet, Jesus. He's like, do you want to see my purposes? And miracles happen in somebody's life or not? It's an inconvenience to ask people to come to church. Do do, do you want to see my work happen in someone's life or not? It's an inconvenience when you're dry to get wet. But Peter got in the water that day. And he was in the shallow end for a little bit. Pushed Jesus out. And Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to the deep water to cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But. Don't you love a good but in the Bible? I like big butts and I cannot lie. Because a big butt in the Bible can change everything. Do you know that? Come on. A big butt in the Bible can change everything. And this is a big butt that Peter just said. He goes, I know we've been fishing all night, but... See, that's what some of you need to say. I know this is the situation that's happening in my life, but... If you insist... We'll go out again. 
See, somebody in here needs to hear what Peter is saying. I know I didn't catch a thing. I know I didn't catch nothing, but I will go out again. I know I was already hurt and wounded, but I will go out again. I know I'm lonely and depressed, but I will go out again. I know I said I was sorry, but I will go out again. Does somebody in here know what I'm talking about this morning? Come on. I will go out again. I will go out again if you insist. Come on, touch three people and say, I will go out again. Come on. I will go out again. But not only will I go out again, get this, not only will I go out again, I will go out again and let down my net because of your word. Because of your word. See, it is only his word. Word. See, some of you need a word from God. And when you hear the word from the Lord, like some of you, you're going to get a word from God to go out and let down your nets again, and then you're going to do it. Because when you get that word, that's when you've got to let down your nets. And I think this is so interesting because they just met. They just met. According to Luke, the doctor, they just met. This is the first time that you see Peter in the book of Luke. So there must have been something in the preaching that spoke to Peter. There must have been a word that he received. It's interesting that, like, Jesus is preaching and Luke doesn't write anything about the sermon. What? That's why I come to church sometimes, man. We got to get the, the, no, 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 no. I think this is cool because you don't just come to church just to hear the word. You, you come and hear Jesus um, and his word so that then you can go and live it out. And he goes, that's where it's more important is not the word that Jesus spoke, but how Peter's getting ready to respond to the word. See, it's not just hearing the word. You can come and hear a word. Oh, that's a good word, pastor. That's a good word, pastor. But how do you live out the word? That's more important in your life. That's more important in the city of Nashville. That's more important all over the world. It's not how we just come and receive the word, but how we live the word, church. Come on. That's what it's about. Peter received a word from Jesus, and it changed everything that day. So something in the preacher drew him to trust him. Drew him to go, did did, did y'all just hear that? Like, what just happened? Because we were in the presence of something. Like, like we were in the presence. Like, I don't even know what it is. But, but I mean, you know me because I, this makes no sense. Jesus is a carpenter. He's like, hey, go out there and catch fish, right? That's like some of you, you're like, I'm a CEO of a high executive recording company. And then all of the sudden, you know, Jesus comes on and he goes, hey, you need to record that person because they're going, you know. And, and you're like, what experience do you have, Jesus? Do you have an ear for this sound, Jesus? I don't think so. He's like, ha, ha, I created sound. How about that? Come on. <laughs> and so it makes no sense for Peter to be like, all right, guys, I know we fished all night. I know we caught nothing, and, and, but because of Jesus' word, we will now. What if that's something that he wants to speak to you today? I know it makes no sense, but because of your word, I will reach out to my wayward child. I know it does not make any sense because, like, I'm the expert here, apparently, but... but I will pick up the 
the phone and make the call. I know it makes no sense, but I will apply for the job because I really feel like God gave me a word. I know it makes no sense, but I will begin to love that person even though I feel like they are totally unlovable right now. Because you gave me a word to love, because you gave me a word to cast my nets, then I will do it. Even though it makes no sense. Man, if only there were some people in here that would let down their nets on Jesus' word. If only we would leave this place. And when Jesus gives us a word, we would let down the nets. And we would say, I know it doesn't make any sense. If only there were some people in here that would do that. What Nashville would look like. What this church would look like. What our world would look like. Can I tell you a secret? Just do the thing that he's telling you to do. Come on. Every time you put on your fresh Nikes, just do the word. Just do it. Just do the word that Jesus is telling you to do. Let down your nets. Because when you do the things that Jesus is telling you to do, when you just do it, verse 6, when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked. I wonder how shocked we would be after we see what's in our nets. When we listen to the word of God, when it made no sense, I wonder how shocked some people would be in here. I wonder how shocked some families would be in here if they would just let down their nets with that loved one. I wonder how shocked some parents would be. I wonder how shocked you would be if you would let down your nets financially. I wonder how shocked you would be to see the blessing that would come when you listen to God's word and you see the nets are getting ready to burst. I wonder how shocked we would be if we would row our boats into the deep end not even knowing what's out there. Because write this down, it's in the deep end where the miracles happen. And this is where it's going to get real practical. The deep end is where the miracle happens. That's the number one thing that you need to know today. The deep end is where the miracle happens. Because after rowing out into the deep, when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish. So much that their nets were ready to burst. My friend, why are you so content staying in the shallow end? Listening to your own ideas. Listen to your own thoughts when there is a God who's saying, trust me, row into the deep end. Because that's where the miracle happens. I have a miracle for you, church. I have a miracle for your healing. I have a miracle for you. But it will only happen in the deep end with me. After you've done some work to row out where I can do the miracles. Can I tell you, it is in the deep end of the pool, not the shallow end where the fun happens. How many people know that? See, I grew up old school, <laughs> back in the 80s and the 90s, when insurances didn't just rip off pools, right? And they're like, we can have a high dive. Woohoo! How many people grew up with a high dive in here? Come on, raise your hand. That was good. Everybody else, I'm sorry, you just had the low dive experience. But let me tell you, when I was a kid, man, when I was like six, seven, I was just beginning to swim, I, I, I didn't want to stay in the shallow end. Why? 
Because I saw all the big kids, and they were up there on the high dive, and they were up there on the low dive, and they were doing flips into the pools, and they were doing gainers into the pool, and they were doing dives into the pool, and that's where the fun was. They were making big cannonballs and, and splashing everybody, and it looked awesome. And here I am in the shallow end of my little floaty. Ha, ha, ha. I'm seven, just learning how to swim. I'm here to tell you that some of you, you have been totally content to stay in the shallow end with God when it's in the deep end where the fun's going to happen. It's only in the deep end of the pool where the adventure of your faith is actually going to come alive. Stop settling for the shallow end, the miracle that you're looking for. The miracle that you're needing in your life, it will not happen in the shallow end. Stop believing you can be a Christian in the shallow end and receive all that God has for you because you can't. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. The writer says, for you should already be professors. Instructing by now. Oh my gosh, do we have access to sermons. Oh my gosh, do we have access to Kindle books and the best speakers, and the best everything in the whole entire world, and still we look at the world, and does it look like Jesus? It says we should be professors by now, but instead you need to be taught from the beginning. The basics of God's prophetic oracles, you are like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. Because you're just content with your little floaty in the shallow end. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave, intensely crave, pushing toward it, the pure spiritual milk of God's Word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Can I tell you a lie that the church has been teaching? And, and I get the, the point, but it's, it's wrong. Hey, man, just spend five minutes a day in God's Word. It's going to be good. You're going you to... Husbands, what happens to your marriage when you just spend five minutes a day with your wife? What would happen to your friendship? Just spend five minutes a day. That's wrong. Crave, intensely crave milk. Intensely crave the spiritual food that God wants to give you. Intensely crave. Don't just be like, oh, I'm just giving you my five minutes here on the toilet today, God. Reading my you version. It may be okay to start there, but it's not okay to end there. The writer says, grow up. Grow up. See, if you want to win, then you've got to crave it. You've got to crave this relationship because out of all, see, I didn't start the relationship series based on the relationship with your wife, based on the relationship with your significant other, based on the relationship with your friend. I, you need to go back to the basics and learn how to win in your relationship with God. Because out of that, everything will flow. So we have to start there. If you have to win, you've got to grow up. See, some people just believe that growth is going to happen, right? It's like as you grow up, it's like I've got my kids, 
And I don't have to worry, for the most part, that they're going to grow. Like, we feed them food, and they begin to grow. <laughs> and some of them, you know, can um, grow faster than others. But, uh, you know, I, for the most part, I'm not really worried if they're growing or not. It just happens. And this is what happens in our lives. We, we, we just go, okay, hey, we're just going to grow with God. Just going to show up. Not going to be really intentional. I'm just going to grow. Well, guess what? There will come a time in my kid's life where they stop growing. For me, it was around the seventh grade. Come on, somebody. I was good until then, right? But, but here's the thing. Um, ever since then, guess what I've had to do if I want to grow professionally, if I want to grow emotionally, if, if I want to grow spiritually, if, if I want to grow physically, if I want to grow relationally, then I've got to be intentional about my growth. Because it won't just happen anymore. And some of you, 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 you got saved, maybe you got baptized, you started going to church, and, 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 but, but that's all you do. That's not enough. You're not going to win. You're not going to experience the miracles that God has for you, staying in the shallow end. Crave the word. Watch what happens in your life. This church wants to help you grow, but are you being intentional to grow in your worship toward God by coming on Wednesday? Are you being intentional to grow in the way that you pray by coming on Wednesday? Are you being intentional to grow in your Christian leadership by coming on Wednesday at 630? And I'm not saying that that's the whole answer, but let me tell you something. God has called the church to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to build up, and then you go out and do it. And I take that very seriously, and some of you are not even taking advantage of it because you think Sunday's enough, and it's not. You're not taking advantage of a fresh group. You're not taking advantage of all the things that God wants to use to build your life and to get you out of the shallow end and back into the deep end or into the deep end for the first time where the miracles can begin to happen in your life. Because can I tell you, God wants to do a miracle in your life. The miracle that Scripture says in this instance was so big that they had to wave to their business partners in the other boat. Hey, you, 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 I don't even know what's happening. This is absolutely amazing. All these fish, man, they just started coming in from everywhere. I need you to come and then, like, help me with this miracle. How many people want a miracle that's so big in your life? You got to call all your friends. You got to pick up the phone and go, hey, you, I need you and you and you. Come be a part of this miracle with me. It's amazing. And then not only you experience the miracle, but everybody around you experiences the miracle. Come on. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want to happen. It says they ended up completely filling both both boats with fish until their boats begin to sink. This is so bad. We got to get some of this out. It's an abundance of a miracle. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he was looking around. He knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, Master, for I'm a sinful man. And see, here's the second thing you got to know when you go into the deep end. The deeper I get with Jesus, the more I know who I am not and who he is. See, that's the second thing. The deep end is where humility is developed. And we all need that. 
The more I walk with Jesus, the more I go, you're the miracle maker, not me. The more I walk with Jesus, I'm just in awe of who he is. You cannot go into the deep end with Jesus and not grow in humility. Simon Peter, in verse 9, it says, Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John and the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. See, the third thing you got to know is the deep end is where you will be awestruck over who he is and what he can do. It's so big. God, I went to the deep end. God, I, I cleaned my nets. God, I, I did everything that you said for me to do. And, and now I'm just reeling all this in. And it's like, it is beyond me. What did you just do? I'm awestruck by it. I'm awestruck by it. So Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. I know this is way bigger than you. If you're following Jesus into the deep end, what he brings into your life will be much, 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 much bigger than you. That's how you know you're in the deep end. This is way over my head. Yep. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? Because you're in the deep end. It's way over your head. It's supposed to be. But it's in the deep end. When it's way over your head, where your purpose will be discovered. He says, don't yield to fear. I know this is bigger than you. But from now on, you will catch men for salvation. See, when I saw you, I didn't see you as a fisherman. I saw you as a fisher of men. I saw you as the rock. What you see yourself as, Jesus sees something different in you. And when you follow him into the deep end, that's where you begin to see who you really are for the first time and get the purpose of God that's on your life. But if you just stay content in the shallow end, oh, you're not going to find that purpose. So many people, you're walking around, I don't got no purpose. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go. Why? Because you're still in the shallow end with Jesus. Get to the deep end and see God reveal your purpose. Reveal your destiny. Let him speak who you are. And it says after their boats, after pulling their boats ashore, after finding their purpose in the deep end, they left everything behind and followed Jesus, which leads me to the fifth thing that the deep end does today. The deep end shows you what the win really is. For the win. The deep end shows you what the win really is. The deep end will show you that there is nothing else greater than following Jesus. The win is Jesus. The win is not the miracle. The win is Jesus. The win is not the miracle that he provided. The win is Jesus. The win is not the miracle that he provided. The win is Jesus. He is our reward. He is our prize. He is everything that we need. The win is Jesus. You see, they got that, and they begin to walk in true victory that day. Although it didn't look like victory to the world, right? Isn't that funny? <laughs> All those people that got baptized last week, they had the greatest victory of their life. And guess who didn't see it? No, a lot of people. 
walked in on Monday morning, and they're like fired up spiritually. And everybody's like, ah, oh, man, that's just so-and-so. Come on, man. But those people knew that they were really winning. Those people knew that they found purpose. Those people knew that they had been awakened to a fresh life in Jesus. Do you see that? The world around you, may not, they may not look at you and be like, oh, that, that girl's winning. Look at her. She's got Jesus. She's in the deep end with Jesus. It, no, no, no. Um, it, it's so funny that those in the shallow end, that, that they just get used to the mud. That's why Jesus wants to use you. That's why Jesus wants to give you that purpose in the deep end so that you can go, you don't even know you're losing. But let me show you what true victory really is. And they walked away that day walking in true victory. I want you to think about that moment for a minute. I want you to think about the moment when they are bringing in the fish. And, and because they're fishermen, right? Like, this is the Super Bowl of fishing that just happened. So many fish that their boat is sinking. It's in abundance. Like, they should have got off of the shore or got to shore that day and, and be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, we are rich. Woo, look at me. Look at all these fish. Look at everything I'm buying. I'm getting that. I'm getting that. You get a house. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Everybody gets a car. Where are my Oprah fans out of here? Come on, people. <laughs> but that's not what happened. They get back after the greatest catch of their lives. And their eyes weren't on the miracle. Their eyes were on the maker of the miracle. And they walked away from it to follow the maker. See, that's how Jesus knew he could use them. Oh, man. That's how Jesus knew that he could use them. That's how Jesus knew that he could trust them with much. Because after the greatest catch of their life, they were willing to drop it all and follow him. Because they knew something. If he can do this, can't he do If he can do this in my life, will he not do that in my life? Like, that is absolute. Like, like, this is just the beginning. Like, I've got to be along for the journey in the deep end with him to see what he's going to do next. If he did this, then he can do that. If he did this miracle, then he can heal someone that I've been praying for for years. If he did this in my life, but I've got to get into the deep end, and I've got to trust him at his word, and then I've got to get to the shore and not keep my eyes on the miracle that he just did, but keep my eyes on the maker of the miracle and go, you did this, so now I will follow you to that. Now I will follow you to that. Come on. Oh, my gosh, that's too good. Golly. And see, that's what keeps me in the deep. 
Jesus. That's what keeps me in the deep with Jesus. Because every time I think that he has brought in this miracle that overwhelms me, that he's like, you have not seen anything. Because the Bible says that for those that love him, that he will do more than we could ever think, than we could ever dream, than we could ever imagine, that he is a God that is for us, not against us. And so you just keep on walking with him and see what he will bring next in your life. And keep rowing out into the deep end. And keep rowing out into the deep end. Don't be content with the shallow. Don't be content playing in the shallow. And begin to win for maybe the first time in your life. Or maybe you begin to win again. And so I want you to close your eyes and the band's going to come up here. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Golly. You know, I just get amazed because some of the stuff that I just shared with you is not even in my notes. Like, I'm literally standing up here going like, God, you just did that. And I'm kind of overwhelmed by it, in all honesty. Because, see, I've experienced something in my own life. I've just been like, God, I'm just getting out of the way. You want me to do what? You want me to, you want my boat? Uh, okay. You want my church? Okay, here it is. You want my life? Here it is. I'm not going to be in awe, awe of the miracle. I'm going to be in awe of the maker of the miracle. Because if you can do this, I know you can do that. See, I'm not content with the shallow end of of my faith any longer. And and, and I want a church that's not content with the shallow end. Can I tell you that I'm your pastor and I pray for you from the word of God. You may not think that anybody's praying for you, but your pastor's praying for you. You need to know that. If you come to this church, I'm praying for you. Because I believe that there's a big life that's in you. I believe that, that, that Jesus is calling you like he was calling the, those fishermen that day. I believe that he, he, he wants to get out of superficial fake plastic Barbie doll Christianity and begin to use people that are going, you want what? Okay. You want me to go where? Okay. I want to go to the deep end. I don't want to play the shallow end with you anymore, God. I need more than just five minutes with you. I need an hour. I want something fresh. He's like, let me do something fresh. Let me bring that miracle, but it only happens at the deep end. So will you go there with him? Will you begin to row? Let him use what you have to accomplish his purpose. Let him use all of you. Watch him bring a miracle into your life. 
be willing to leave the miracle on the shore? And say, God, that was great. You did this, but now you're going to do that. Let these words just be sung over.